First in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. You're listening to Karen Cataline as a regular guest host of the nationally syndicated Alan Nathan Show on the Main Street Radio Network. Well, it's not Alan Nathan, it's Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan today. Really jazzed about this show. We have a full boat of guests because there's so many great guests to have on and we get them all over here at the Alan Nathan Show. Uh, We are going to dive right in with our very first guest to talk about among uh, one of the most important things that we keep talking about, which is the First Amendment. You can't have a free country without freedom of speech, and it is under attack. Here to talk about that is founder of Wimkin Social Media. Despite being banned from Apple and Google Play app stores in January, of 2021 while being number one on both stores and after receiving multiple subpoenas by the House Select Committee on January 6th, uh, our guest has grown Wimkin to over 9 million users. Jason Shepard is the founder and we're glad to have him on the line right now on the Alan Nathan Show. Hi, Jason. Thanks for being with us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It is good to have you. Talk about Wimkin Social, and then we'll get into this astonishing phenomena which should concern every single American, no matter who they are, that some people and their questions and their points of view are being actively censored. Talk about Wimkin Social Media and what it's all about. Absolutely. So first and foremost, Wimkin stands for World Must Know Now. Um, in honor of free speech. And if you look at our our logo, it's actually a panic button for the world to sound because there's really no other place that's, you know, 100% free speech. And when I say that, Wimkin does not allow any type of nudity, pornography, or any type of post with criminal element because I personally don't believe that falls under free speech and there's no, you know, um, reason to have such on the platform. Never did before. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never did before. We, we, uh, you know, keep pornography from, that's the only kind of, Free speech the left likes apparently is sexual material for kids, but yes. adults have to be censored. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was ranting. That's Go okay. ahead. No, you actually <laughs> you gave me a nice lead in for the next uh, part of it because we actually got yeah. the idea to start our own when Facebook um, had started shutting down Save the Children hashtags, calling it a domestic terrorist group because they said it was connected to QAnon. So. Um, you know, oh we've actually we, we've had nothing but censorship on our own right. Um, we have been, you know, banned by the app stores for our first. Uh, basically, we were number one in both app stores at the time when we were banned. But um, we were in existence for roughly three to four months when they took us down. We were blamed for the alleged insurrection. Um, you know, we fought the app stores for eight months and did not concede one thing in terms of content moderation. And we ended up getting back in the app stores and won our appeals. And um mm. After that, it was just uh, censorship central with the government. You know, the House Select Committee came in and subpoenaed us, um, you know, on three different occasions. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's always an uphill battle and always a fight, that's for sure. Jason, what did they say that you were doing that is somehow illegal, immoral or fattening? I'm sorry, illegal. 
What is it that you're doing that's illegal? Expressing an well, opinion they not, don't like? What? It it wasn't really – it didn't come down to any type of illegality. Um, what it came down to was it um, went against their app store ba- – I'm sorry, their app store guidelines. So they wanted to ban us, and they ended up deplatforming us, which – we lost about 700,000 Apple users at that point in time that couldn't access the app anymore, and uh, we lost well over 10,000 five-star reviews for the app. Um, but while um, when you come into the House Select Committee and the USDOJ, um, they actually also never charged us with anything. They didn't actually even, you know, um, <clears throat> assert that there was any type of crime, uh, you know, committed by us or even anybody on our platform. They just wanted to know literally every piece of information on everybody on our platform. And I'm not even being facetious when I say that. They wanted credit card numbers, which we did not accept. They wanted phone numbers, which we don't allow people to sign up with because of we knew that was going to come down the line. We don't verify email addresses at sign up, so we could not you know, cooperate with them either. We don't, we don't verify it. We don't even look at it. And um, they also wanted personal messages in between all users on the platform from our messaging system, which is encrypted. So... We couldn't provide a thing to them, not that we would have, but we just could not, you know, simply could not cooperate with their uh, their demands. And, um, you know, at that point in time, we saw that, okay, this is going to be very bad moving forward. There's no doubt about that. And then we had the Restrict Act, which I believe we're going to have to start dealing with here. And we're also going to hear from Thierry Brunson. What are you going to have to deal with? I didn't um, get that. Say that again. What are you going to uh, have to deal with? The here? Restrict Act. The Restrict Act. That's, ah. um, it's also known as the, the, the Kill TikTok bill. Um, but, uh, uh, and then we also have an, another threat to us, uh, which is funny, but Thierry Breton, who's out of France in the European Union, he has something called the Digital Services Act, and he's the one trying to fine you up to 10% of your uh, global annual revenue if you um, do not comply with his demands to take down what they say is misinformation. Huh. And, and where is he located? Yeah. This guy is he? He's in the European Union, I believe. He's in France somewhere, ah. um, but I'm not exactly certain. And they that. don't have a guaranteed First Amendment as we do in this country, which of course is not being respected or upheld. Right. But we have one. Yes, that's very true. Um, let me let me back up just a bit with our time left, and you know these segments are way too short, really. Um, <laughs> you, how transparent is it? And what's recourse? What's the recourse? When you see that not only do they selectively decide who to persecute and who to hound, but they only hound people that uh, uh, espouse or allow points of view that might be a threat to their power. How transparent is that? And do you find people have trouble figuring out that this is an attempt to shut down dissent altogether from the orthodoxy, which is usually lies that they are telling. Well, I believe that there was absolutely no transparency on it. I mean, Republicans tried to go into Congress and state that conservatives have been being shut down on social media for you know years and years. And of course, the left, you can't tell them anything. They're not going to believe anything you say. And yeah. that's until it actually starts affecting them. You know, they should yeah. be 100%, 100% offended and scared, too, that, you know, their rights are being, you know, uh, you know trampled think. on at the same time as ours. But, but they're not. You know, Only their no, political and, and, opponents' rights are being trampled. Right. They, they get to say whatever they want. I guess what I meant, and maybe it was a rhetorical question, is it's transparent that they only go after their political enemies, Right. Oh, you're right. It's 100%. transparent. And that was, um, yes. Yeah, Talk that about was that. actually so. 
we we knew obviously in our hearts what was going on at, at Twitter when Jack Dorsey was there, but when Matt Taibbi yeah. and Elon Musk released the Twitter files, we found out that you know the FBI actually had residency in Twitter in Twitter offices. So, you know, I didn't realize it was that bad, but you know that's where yeah. we all got real transparency of what was really going on and. You know, I don't believe that Twitter or X now, which I still can't get used to and probably never will, but, um, you know, I, I don't believe that that's going to be at all a free speech platform. I mean, they're dying. Uh, Elon Musk has probably lost about $35 million or billion dollars since he's put that purchase through, and he hired Linda Yaccarino, who is not the CEO if you want somebody to actually be free speech and, and not for mm. censorship because – she comes yeah. from NBC Universal, and she is the first person to tell him you must censor to get your advertisers back. So, you know, it's interesting. Wow. Um, but I definitely commend them for releasing those files because the world definitely needs to know. Well, and that begs another question, which is, and you got to kind of give me a quick answer, and mm-hmm. that is that, okay, so we exposed them. We found something that is patently against the First Amendment, government officials censoring citizen speech, and yet there's no recourse because, as I say, the arsonists are in charge of the fire brigade. So was there, is there any recourse for such a thing when we see it's, it's blatantly apparent mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah, I, personally, I believe there should be recourse. I don't know of anything out there in terms of, you know, how somebody can get their accounts back. And also if that was their monetization for their, you know, their life, um, which a lot of people it is. You know, they write articles, they're mm-hmm. journalists and they're podcasters. They certainly can utilize those accounts to make money. But um, mm-hmm. the, the only recourse I believe we have as people is it's still going. It's obviously going to go into the Supreme Court, but the Judge Dowdy ruling when um, they sued the Biden administration based on the fact that they were violating our First Amendment, uh, colluding yeah. with the social media executives, I believe that is where yeah. we will actually get some recourse. Wow. Jason, tell everybody how they can participate in Wimkin social media. Absolutely, guys. It is uh, W-I-M as in Mary, K-I-N as in Nancy, dot com. And you can also find us in the app stores because we beat our bands. Jason Shepard, a courageous... Uh, fighter for the First Amendment and free expression. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, we're Yes, we're going to move on with another guest right after this. Can't wait to tell you about him when we come back. A very important issue. Don't go away. You're listening to Karen Cataline filling in for Alan Nathan on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. Kickstart the new year with Mario and Friends on their latest adventure. Experience the next evolution of Mario fun with the Super Mario Brothers Wonder Game. Classic Mario side-scrolling gameplay is turned on its head with spectacular moments you have to see to believe, including unexpected events called Wonder Effects and the largest cast of characters in a side-scrolling Mario game, including Luigi, Peach, Daisy, Toad, and Yoshi. You can even buddy up on one system or play online with the Nintendo games rated E to E10+. Of a system that best fits their needs and playstyles. And if you're in the mood to play some of your all time faves, the Nintendo Switch family of systems is home to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Animal Crossing New Horizons, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Splatoon 3, Pikmin 4, and more. For more, go to Nintendo.com. Additional game systems and or accessories may be required for multiplayer mode. Nintendo Switch online membership and Nintendo account required for online features. Membership auto renews after initial term of the then current price unless canceled. Not available in all countries. Internet access required for online features. Terms apply. Nintendo.com slash Switch online. Game systems, some accessories, and Nintendo Switch online memberships. 
sold separately. Games rated ED 10 plus. That's Wine Country by rising country star Hannah Ellis. After 10 years of carving out her own space in Music City, the Kentucky native now introduces her debut album, That Girl, available now. Named by Rolling Stone Country as an artist to watch and a CMT Listen Up artist, Hannah Ellis has appeared on the Grand Old Opry several times and toured with stars such as Billy Currington, Gavin DeGraw, and Carly Pierce. That Girl reveals a seasoned songwriter embracing her small-town roots, her real-life romance, and her relatable artistic voice. Hannah Ellis told us about the inspiration for the new album. The heart of country music is storytelling. Life itself is the inspiration behind this record. Whether it's my sister's breakup, my insecurities, or falling in love, I'm just living my life with a pen and a microphone. That Girl is now available wherever you get music. For more, visit hannahellismusic.com. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Practical Polly's radio show. If you're just figuring out that healthier cooking oils are better than solid fats, you may be asking, now what am I going to do with all these tubs of lard? Ever had one of those moments when your favorite skinny jeans feel too tightly tailored? <laughs> Generously apply lard to your hips and thighs and those fancy pants will slide on like a dream. Or here's a family-friendly idea. How about making your yard into a lard fun park? Frost your driveway with a nice thick coating and give those kiddos a downhill thrill no matter what time of year. Having a bad hair day? Yep. A little lump of lard can tame your flyaways in a jiffy. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste or to your waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Now that's a tip worth keeping for life. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm happily filling in. I'm Karen Kathleen. For Alan Nathan today, who's on assignment. And, um, well, uh, we just finished celebrating Martin Luther King's birthday. And here to talk about uh, things that don't just don't often get talked about when it comes to MLK is Lee Habib, creator and host of Our American Stories a podcast and weekly syndicated radio show. He's also vice president of content at Salem Media Group and co-founded uh, Laura Ingram's national radio show in 2001. What a pleasure to have you, Lee Habib. Thank you for joining us here on the Ellen Nathan Show. Thanks for having me on, Karen. Yeah, so 
please do talk about Martin Luther King. Every year I get, I rant, I hate to say, that the left that claims Martin Luther King as their own doesn't subscribe to any of the values he espoused anymore. Uh, talk about that and about the most important part of Dr. King's story that they ignore. Well, I think that part is his faith walk and his, and his, and his dedication to the Bible and uh, to the teachings of Jesus Christ. These were fundamental in his life. You know, he's, he's, they call him Dr. King, and that's all you have references to all day yesterday and all week. Dr. King, Dr. King. But he never removed an appendix. Um, he never wore a stethoscope because he wasn't that kind of doctor. His doctorate uh-huh. was in divinity studies. His master was in divinity studies. His first job was as a pastor in a small church in Montgomery. His father was a pastor at a big church in Atlanta. And, you know, imagine this as a life-altering uh, uh, event in your youth. Your dad, a big senior pastor in a, the biggest city in the South, goes on a field trip to Nazi Germany in 1934. He goes with a lot of black pastors because they want to actually do a signing statement together about anti-Semitism and about Hitler. Uh, this is yeah. at the time that Bonhoeffer's doing what Bonhoeffer's starting to do, right? And Bonhoeffer had this great relationship with black churches here in America before going back home. And while he's there, he discovers Martin Luther. I mean, really discovers Martin Luther. And so Michael King Sr., Martin Luther King's father, comes home and changes his name to Martin Luther King Sr. He also changes his son's name, Michael King, to Martin Luther King Jr. This happens when he's five years old. What a profound thing to have happen in your life. And, and so to, to, to leave the fate story of Martin Luther King out of his life would be like leaving the story of, of leaving hamburgers out of Ray Kroc's life. You, you can't. <laughs> right. it, it's crazy. This could be just an aside, but I'm struck by the fact that few people know what a Jew hater Martin Luther was at the end of his life. And yet Martin Luther King was warning about Hitler and talking um, positively about the Jewish people. Any thoughts about that? Or is that just a, you know, incidental to the story? Well, I think it is incidental to the story. But, you know, that that move that Marxism made to to godlessness and the the move on campuses uh, of godlessness allowed this anti-Semitism to rise, right? Because now Israel's seen as the oppressor and uh, the Palestinians are the oppressed. And my goodness, this is not a Christian worldview. Um, We're all oppressed in the Christian worldview by sin, no matter where we are, right? And that's the ultimate thing that oppresses us, is sin. And King had a a different worldview. Now, he did. King was a man of the left. There's no doubt. I don't want to to signal that he's somehow a conservative. But he also, his primary goal was that we could be judged by the content of our character and not the color of our skin, because that is a Christian idea. Christ doesn't care if we're rich or we're poor. He knows our hearts. Christ doesn't care if we're, uh, <clears throat> if we're rich or we're poor or if we're from Asia. He doesn't care about where we were born. We're all the same. We're all equal in God's eyes. And I think this is what animated King to do what he did. We weren't equal in America when he was growing up. Um, he told the story in letters from a Birmingham jail of walking down a street with his dad or other elderly men, uh, black men, and a young white boy would walk by. And the white boy would call the older men boy, and then the older men had to call the 14-year-old white boy sir. 
Huh. This I, I can't imagine how I would react to that, but I would want to punch the guy. I'd want uh-huh. to punch all the people who were who were saying that. And what King, where King's real Christian impulse came out was in his peaceful resistance to this 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 terror and this this injustice. And he walked the walk in a suit and a tie. He did it God's way and Christ's way. Meanwhile, Malcolm X in 1963, with under Elijah Muhammad's tutelages, tutelage, was was calling for like the death of white people, and he was attacking Martin Luther King for being an Uncle mm-hmm. Tom and mm-hmm. singing "We Shall Overcome." He was mocking the uh, Christianity as the as the way forward. And of course, King, thank goodness, King's vision prevailed. Um, and 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 Elijah Muhammad and the young Malcolm X. This is to be quite differentiated from the older Malcolm X. Um, uh, the younger Malcolm X's vision did not succeed. And so these are the stories. You know, I don't want to make up that King was a conservative. Um, King wasn't. I've heard by Christian. some people that that people say he was a Republican. Is that totally inaccurate? Well, we have that. to be careful, right? Because back in the right. day, Democrats were Republicans, and Republicans were Democrats, right? And yeah. you know that. So it, and it, JFK it, would be a Republican if you looked at his policies based yeah, on and today. Everybody, Everybody in the South was a Democrat, and the Republicans were the people of Lincoln. So a lot of blacks were Republicans, right? And then all of a sudden, all the blacks became Democrats. So those labels, if you know the proper history, um, and you know King's life, King was always challenging everybody. When you read his speeches and his sermons, like any good pastor, he talks continually about moral degeneration. He's not just talking about the world. He knows he's a sinner, too. He had infidelity. He knew it. Maybe the world didn't. But King knew it. But King knew that that's the part of being a Christian is knowing you're a sinner, repenting and trying to get closer to God and trying to not sin. You're grappling with the man in the mirror and that and the woman in the mirror. And that's our enemy in the end. Uh, it's not governments are our enemies, no doubt, at times. But in the end, the real enemy in your life, the person you'll the, the person who is most able to ruin their own marriages, ruin their own family relationships or their own businesses. Um, is the, the, the person looking in the mirror. And so many of King's sermons and his best ones were not even political in nature. They were uh, moral in nature. And think about it. If he's studying the Bible at a time when human technology is moving as it's moving, this means right. he's studying a book that is old and new and is good in the future, and it's all about the moral and spiritual nature of man. And no matter what the technology is, we still have to deal with our own sins and our own yeah. vices. What would we we're almost out of time and I want to give you a chance to tell everybody about your program. What would Martin Luther King say today about the inability to recognize any kind of progress and this mass notion of victimology of black people setting sending back relations decades and decades and decades? Just a quick comment there and then tell everybody how they can find your program our American Stories, the podcast and the weekly syndicated radio show. Well, I think King would have been horrified at the new segregationists, because guys like Kendi right. are segregationists. And so I think he would have been horrified at that. And uh, yeah. Our American Stories, you can just get it anywhere you get your podcast. Just Our American Stories, and uh, you'll find it. Lee Habib, that's H-A-B-E-E-B. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, we're moving right along in our first hour here on the Alan Nathan Show. We're going to talk about Hezbollah. Could there be an attack in the United States? Hard to imagine, but uh, we have to talk about it. 
We'll talk about that and much more when we get back. Don't go away. For the second consecutive year, Kia America will support St. Jude Children's Research Hospital with a donation for each new eligible Kia vehicle sold or leased and delivered in the U.S. between November 16, 2023 and January 2, 2024. The minimum $1.5 million donation is part of Kia's ongoing commitment to St. Jude through its Accelerate the Good charitable initiative. Last year, Kia donated $1.35 million and was named the 2023 St. Jude New Corporate Partner of the Year. Russell Wagger, Vice President, Marketing. Kia is proud to once again partner with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to drive awareness of their all-important mission and provide funds to help children who are our future have a better chance of realizing their dreams by receiving world-class care. Since 2019, Kia has donated more than $22 million to causes which include treating childhood illness, helping to fight hunger and homelessness, and relief for victims of natural disasters. For more information on how to donate, please visit stjude.org. Sponsored by Kia America. This report is sponsored by Office Depot. The holidays are here, and it's the perfect time to save on must-have supplies, time-saving services, and top-shelf gifts for everyone on your list at Office Depot Office Max. Small business owners looking to meet end-of-year business goals while keeping costs at a minimum can enroll in the Office Depot Office Max Business Select Program at a discounted rate for a limited time. Now through Sunday, December 31st, a first-year membership for new members is just $29. Members get exclusive discounts, convenient in-store and shipping options, and more. Shoppers can save time and enjoy the moments that truly matter by taking advantage of free 20-minute in-store pickup, same-day delivery, and same-day printing services for qualifying orders. And looking for the perfect gift? Find suggestions for techies, teachers, teens, college students, and everyone in between online at officedepot.com forward slash gift guides. Visit officedepot.com and Office Depot and Office Max stores nationwide to learn more. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between. It really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ellen Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline, filling in for Ellen today. And... um, we have a guest that we are always delighted to have. He's a regular here on the Alan Nathan Show. But we talk about some very serious, profound issues. And he doesn't shy away. In fact, he brings them to us. His name is Michael Letts, CEO and founder of Invest USA, a national grassroots nonprofit for providing police with bulletproof vests. Michael has over 30 years of experience in law enforcement, and he joins us right now on the Ellen Nathan Show. Hi, Michael. Hello, Kathleen. How are you? Uh, Very, very good. Good to have you with us. Well, the question at hand for today that you're here to talk about is, could Hezbollah potentially launch an attack against the United States? I'm going to answer real quick, and then I hope you can uh, (laughs) embellish, which is when you have a completely porous border and there's absolutely no vetting of people coming in through our southern border, how could you not think that there are terrorist cells designed to terrorize and and, uh, bully and and frighten American citizens? Uh, It... It was, it seems, deliberate. And what say you? Well, you're exactly right, Aaron. I mean, but, you know, let me give you the information, the knowledge to solidify what you've just said. You know, you, we've had, of course, with God, you've had Hamas. Hamas's main purpose is the destruction of Israel. And, of course, they limit terrorism of any kind. But Iran is the main source. It's the main backer. Of course, it has the money. Under the Trump administration, didn't have any money. We bankrupt them. But, of course, under the Biden administration, we have over $250 billion that we've made sure that they've gotten from the American taxpayer, no less. But So they're flush with cash. Hezbollah, based out of Lebanon, is also a terrorist organization funded by Iran. But Hezbollah's mission is a little different. They not only provide terrorism in Beirut, Lebanon, and other areas, but their main purpose is to export terrorism across the world. Now, I've also been involved with the intelligence community for longer than I care to remember. Mm-hmm. And um, Middle Eastern communications, intercepts on Middle Eastern communications indicate that Iran is now uh, tying together with Hezbollah and two goals they have. They've asked Hezbollah to export terrorism to Western Europe, but interestingly, they've also said their first priority is to America. Now, you take that text, that uh, 
intercept uh, what we call uh, chatter on the airways. Then you take a look at just in the last three weeks, we have actually intercepted 10 terrorists from Iran that are members of Hezbollah crossing the southern border and five crossing the northern border from Canada. You take before that, you remember two weeks before that, we intercepted 10 IEDs. Now, IEDs are very massive, heavy explosives. They're not firecrackers to celebrate New Year's Eve. And then we've also, the week before that, intercepted another 15 terrorists that were on the terrorist watch list for uh, ISIS, Taliban, and al-Qaeda. You remember, they all work together. They're different factions, but they all work together. So we now have that. We know for a fact that they are targeting and that they are determined to make America their first prime objective. What does it take to be a successful terrorist? Well, you got to have three things. First of all, you have to have personnel. We've already shown that the personnel are crossing the border. Remember, there are thousands that are on the terrorist watch list that cross. We now know that there are terrorist cells in almost every state of the union. Second thing you have to do is you have to have armaments. Well, we know that they're coming across the border. And bear in mind that when we say we captured 10, that's only 10 to 20 percent of what's actually coming across. So there are plenty of armaments now in key positions to damage the American people. And then thirdly, you have to have money. Well, they didn't have money before, but thanks to the Biden administration, they've got it now through Iran. So the recipe is there. Everything is in place for them to begin to launch. You know, we've had five terrorist attacks since the beginning of this year that have not been labeled that. They were initially labeled as terrorist attacks, and they were quickly changed to suicide attempts. It's kind of hard to believe you would commit suicide by loading your vehicle with gas canisters and running into another vehicle where there are people coming out of Five terrorist attacks. Let's talk yes, about that a little bit because the media is colluding, apparently, with the government to keep yes. people in the dark, keep people ignorant about what is actually going on in this country. There was an attack in Texas somewhere, which right. uh, immediately, which lasted in the media for about, I don't know, a cup of coffee. Talk <laughs> about that and why it is that not only are there attacks against America, but the media doesn't want us to know about it. So we will be unsuspecting and vulnerable. Is that a fair statement, really? That, that's a fair statement. I mean, it started on New Year's Eve when, when, at Times Square. This was reported, if you look at it, but it was quickly brushed over. There was a, a, a gentleman that attempted to uh, ram, tried to get to downtown to actually Times Square, got short by two blocks, was blocked by uh, law enforcement. And so he plowed into another vehicle where he saw a crowd of of revelers in that area. And so it wasn't just him hurting himself. It was, you know, he killed the other passengers, the other vehicles, and a number of people that were standing by reveling. Now, they quickly determined, yes, that meets the definition for terrorism. Then they got pressure to come back and say, no, we think it was a suicide attempt. Uh, it's kind of hard a to suicide think suicide. bombing attempt. I mean, <laughs> using a car as a weapon. You know, Correct. this is reckless disregard for the safety of American citizens, isn't it? It is. This is the second thing that happened in Rochester, uh, New York. Same principle. People mm. were coming out of a concert. This was on New Year's Day. Uh, coming out, and this person had 12 canisters of gas. I'm talking about major canisters, the five-gallon big gases, besides a full tank. And plowed mm. into a vehicle that was close to the crowd, set it on fire. There was a massive explosion. People were, a number of people were killed, and a number of people were injured. 
could have been a whole lot worse. But then they said, oh, that was a suicide attempt. And then no reporting, no reportage at all. None. Zippity-doo-dah. Same thing with Texas. And and they're classifying these as terrorist attempts because they're trying to to keep the narrative the way they want it to be. They don't want – they understand, the Biden administration understands that suddenly this is backfired. People have just had enough of illegal immigrants coming across to harm the American people. So they want to keep it down. But, you know, what's frustrating, Aaron, is the fact that they are doing nothing to to defuse it. They're not sealing off the border. No, they're welcoming people in. There's no question about it. I just saw an article that said, in fact, uh, secret documents. uh, This is town hall. Quote, secret documents reveal Biden's border crisis was an intentional policy. That's townhall.com. Sarah Arnold, with our last couple of minutes, we never, you know, we time goes so quickly with you, Michael. Uh, Since the government is lying to the people uh, and you are a 30 years, you have 30 years experience in law enforcement. Let's talk about how people can protect themselves when the country not only is there higher crime because of illegal aliens, illegals coming across the border, but also crime and terrorism and so much more. You know, what I think is most difficult is the populace feels helpless to do anything. What would you tell them as a law enforcement expert when times are more dangerous than ever before? First and foremost, they're not helpless. In fact, they are the only hope. And here's what I mean by that. First of all, make sure you're armed. Make sure you know how to use it. You're trained to know how to use it. Second of all, we need to support what's left of the Thin Blue Line because we have to work with them now. They're not capable of, of thwarting this on their own. And then thirdly, I would tell people this is what we have said, been saying now, and of course the libs can't stand for saying this. It's time that we as a people rise up and do the following. You know, every city has a police force and a reserve. Every county has a sheriff's department and a reserve or a posse. Every state has a state militia. It's time we realize that times are different. You're going to have to protect yourself and your family. You can't depend on law enforcement or the government to do that any longer. So call them and volunteer. Say, I'm willing to donate 10 hours a month, whatever it is, and I want to be a part of the sheriff's reserve, the police, the sheriff's posse, or the militia, and be uh, deputizing commission to help enforce the law. When the federal government sees that the American people no longer depend on them, we're going to do it ourselves, there'll be a quick change, I can promise you that. Yeah, the uh, propaganda media has succeeded in uh, demonizing words, right? The very word militia makes uh, Democrats go crazy. They don't understand that it is in the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, and they they've tried to make uh, the victim the perpetrator and the perpetrator the victim. Correct. Um, yeah, to that end, with our last minute or two less, tell everybody what uh, how they can support uh, uh, bulletproof vests for law enforcement through your organization. If they go to our website, www.investusa.org, you'll find everything they need to know. Thank you, Michael Letts. Thank you, L-E-T-T-S, Michael Letts. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to wrap up the first hour of the Alan Nathan Show after a quick break. You're listening to the Alan Nathan Show 
on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. The Citizens Award program is one that we started here 25 years ago to honor the businesses that are taking the lead in solving the world's biggest challenges. And what we find they're really doing is using talent, their resources, really digging deep into the expertise they have as a company and putting that work to, for their communities. This year, uh, we got to honor 11 organizations all over the country uh, who are really making a difference in their communities. We cast a wide net. We've got nine categories. We've got um, large business, small business, medium-sized business, civic organizations. And the breadth of what they're doing is just astonishing and inspiring. You've got companies like Medtronic, um, whose employees volunteered um, 190,000 hours in their communities last year. Please go to uschamberfoundation.org. You can take an idea and make it right for the place that you live and the people that you serve. The holidays are here, and Amazon Access is making shopping on Amazon even easier and more affordable this season. Whether you're checking things off your holiday gift list or prepping to host a family feast, Amazon.com slash access has programs, discounts, and features for eligible customers to save big. With Prime Access, qualifying government assistance recipients can get over 50% off a regular Prime membership while still enjoying all the benefits of Prime, including fast, free delivery on every order. Eligible customers can shop everyday essentials like shampoo, paper towels, and coffee, as well as festive products like holiday gifts, hosting must-haves, and decor for only $6.99 a month. Eligible customers can also register their SNAP EBT cards on Amazon to order eligible groceries online for delivery or pickup. In addition, they can use SNAP benefits on Amazon.com to shop shelf-stable pantry items and shop fresh produce from Amazon Fresh. Find discounts, coupons, convenient pickup options, and more with Amazon Access. Visit Amazon.com slash access to learn how you can save big this holiday season. Terms and conditions apply. Sponsored by Amazon. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed. And they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. 
So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me, would there be a ventilator for me, would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Back to the Alan Nathan Show. I'm Karen Cataline filling in for Alan. Today, we take a little bit of a detour because it is, after all, January. And some people do New Year's resolutions. They take stock. And uh, here to talk about uh, that and, and a lot more, uh, she's been featured on multiple national television radio shows as a relationship expert. She's co-hosted her own podcast, Achieving Over a Million Listeners, her latest book is Sassy and Rude, Her New Attitude. Let's find out what that's all about with Dr. Deborah Mandel. Thank you, Dr. Mandel, for joining us here on The Ellen Nathan Show. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. When you say Her New Attitude, uh, so the latest book, your book is Sassy and Rude, her new attitude. So this is only for women, not for men. And what does that mean? All right. Well, here's the deal. Most women are the ones who buy self-help books. So even if I wanted to write it for men, the truth is it's women who are going to read it. But it is really geared toward moms and daughters. And it is basically the idea that those relationships between mothers and daughters are very, very complicated. I don't know. Do you have a daughter by chance? Uh, uh, I do not, no, but go okay. right ahead. All right. Yeah. All right. So, you know, but we're, we've all been daughters, right? If we're talking here today, we've been a daughter to someone, so we've had moms. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a really challenging process to to get it on track so that the relationship can be healthy. And when I say um, sassy and rude, it's really not that one is being necessarily the problem. It's it's the relationship that is that needs to be focused on. And it's really more for mothers and their adult daughters, because there's lots written already about teens and all that. Uh, but I wanted to kind of fill up that space of what happens when our gals grow up and, and they, you know, become their own person. They have to separate and individuate from us as moms. And it is a challenge and how to get us back on track. Okay. So give us uh, uh, at least one of the gists of this book about uh, what is required, I guess you could say. Um, I, I want you to whet our appetite <laughs> for the book uh, regarding uh, 
women, uh, adult women and their mothers. What do they need to do or not do that, uh, that you advocate? Great question. Thank you. You know, by the time the relationship is strained, sometimes both parties, the mom and the daughter, are just tearing their hair out and saying, what is going on here? You know, what, what's happening? How did this get to this place? We were once very close. We had that sugar and spice, and now we don't. And so the book is really geared toward trying to unravel that which went awry. So, for instance, one of the key points in the book is that we as moms need to take accountability and responsibility for the mistakes that we made along the way. Sometimes we get very proud and very stubborn, and we don't want to own our own shortcomings. But that's one of the greatest gifts we can ever give our daughters is to be able to say, hey, you know what? When I look back at this now, I kind of made some mistakes, and I wish I had done things differently, and sharing that with her. But also – it's a, it's a book aimed at when moms go through this process that maybe it opens the door for the daughter to have a bigger heart, a warmer heart, because sometimes what happens is daughters feel wounded. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a family where my mother was extraordinarily critical of me. Just I couldn't do anything right. If I got straight A's, she would ask, why are they not A pluses? You know, if I, if I left a, a cup on the table because I wasn't finished drinking my water, in one moment if I walked away, it was gone and she'd be scowling at me. So it was a very difficult environment. And I know she had a very loving heart, but it's not the way she shared her love with me that felt loving, if that makes sense. Is so- there a danger of uh, daughters blaming the mother and as adults not taking any responsibility themselves? I mean, we go through the trends where it's mom's fault all the time. um, And then there's a trend in which, uh, I don't know, it just seems like once you're an adult, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Do do daughters have to take responsibility too for, I don't know, something? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, 100%. You're, you're spot on. And, and one of the key features of the book is also to get out of the blame and shame game because that doesn't do us any good. Holding on to resentment and being upset about things that have already happened is just a, it's a deal killer. It's just not going to create a healthy relationship. Uh, Although we do have a society where there is a tremendous amount, as you're aware, I'm sure, of entitlement in this generation. And the entitlement is fierce. It's like, I, me, 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 me. This, this, is, this is about me. It should be about me. And yes, I'm very careful in the book to not make that uh, an issue where the mom is taking full accountability. But I want yeah. her to take the responsibility that she needs to take. How do you uh, fight against that? The idea that uh, my problems are everybody else's fault. Well, that is a tough one because once somebody is in that attitude state, once they're in that mental victim mentality, if you will, it's very challenging to get out of it because there is that that big word, that entitlement and selfishness. So it is also about teaching empathy. It's about understanding with compassion and forgiveness how we can cross over those hurdles so that together the mom and daughter can come to a meeting of the minds, if you will, like, okay, this is my role, this is your role. How do we want to make this better? So we don't want to clear out the past. We want to heal those old wounds, but then we definitely want to move into the present and how to set good boundaries with love and compassion. Uh-huh. And, and there's a really key feature in the book, too, is know when to call it quits. Because sometimes we can do everything we can on our side of the street, 
if it's not being well received or the person that we're communicating with feels this incredible level of entitlement, we may not get anywhere. We may have to take a pause. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of pressure not ever to do that in uh, relationships as close as mothers and daughters. But personalities, are, I mean, there's just a broad, broad range of uh, dysfunction in families, isn't there? <laughs> well, there sure is. And, and you know, and I, and I gear, I'm mostly targeting the mother-daughter relationship, but that relationship has the energy that can be pervasive in the family environment, to, you right. know, for everybody, right? Because it's a very strong relationship. And if that one is not working well in the family, then it can right. bleed out into all kinds of other problems. You know, husbands can become, husbands or partners of their wives can become very distraught because mom's focused all the time on her relationship with her daughter and she's yeah. not focusing enough on her relationship as a couple. Yeah. So these Dr. Are Mandel, things. Um, I want to give you time to tell everybody how they can get your book, Sassy and Rude, Her New Attitude. Yes, please go to Amazon.com or any of the other favorite retailers that you have and check out my <laughs> website at drdebraonline.com. Okay, Dr. Deborah Mandel, Happy New Year, and thanks for joining us. We appreciate Happy it. Happy New Year to you. Yes, great. Well, we have a whole other hour left of the Alan Nathan Show. Stay tuned. We're going to take a top-of-the-hour break, and we'll be back with more on the Main Street Radio Network. Stay tuned. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.